Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mad Men Recap. My name is Paul, and I'm happy to be here with you. I'm coming to you high atop the Brooklyn studios here in beautiful, hot Brooklyn, New York. I'm joined by the best co-host there is on the planet, Dr. John in Columbus, Ohio. How are you, Dr. John? Also hot. Is it really hot there? Yeah, we hit the 90s. Oh, my goodness. It is, uh, it is super here. It's super hot here. Um, uh, as, you, as everyone knows, we are high atop. Yes, we are the fourth floor, and heat rises. If my physics have me speaking correctly. And uh, today, John, I yes. went out to buy a, a new air conditioner. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, it was a disaster. I, uh, it turns out that, um, you know, I'm going to be in this place for, we're thinking, at least another five years. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to invest. I'm going to get a giant, like, really, like, you know, really a Haas air conditioner, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, it turns out that uh, I am now terrified to install it in the window for fear that it will fall out and uh, kill many, many people. Um, it's, it's huge. It, you know, it's not too wide for the window. It's just too deep. Like, it's hanging out like 10 feet of my, outside my windowsill. That sounds dangerous. It's terribly dangerous. I have no idea what to do. I called this guy. I called this guy Danny. I don't, I don't know. I, I got this number from the guy at PC Richards and stuff. Call him Danny. He's going to come over later and put it in. Uh, he, seems to, he seems to be confident. He's not on top of it now. Said Danny. Uh, I, 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 you know, I don't know who this guy is. He doesn't have a last name. He's just, well, he's just an air conditioner. Hopefully he's not the same kind of Danny that we've seen on our show. I would hope not. You don't want uh, that little guy doing this. No, exactly. We need. I need a. I need a, a much, a much larger, sturdier man to come and put this in. A, stu- a sturdier man than I, as you know, I am a small Giamatti type fella, and uh, really difficult for me to pick up anything heavy. So uh, we get some help on this, John. <laughs> well, did you did you get help with uh, you know learning anything from our our show? Well, you're right, John. We're we're not here to talk about my woes. We're here to talk about uh, the Mad Men. Um, and you're right. Uh, that is that is what we're doing. We're talking about um, the current uh, the current last episode. This is uh, the quality of mercy. And folks, listen. We realize that we are a little late on this, and by a little late, I mean a solid week. Um, I've been doing some traveling. Um, John's been doing some things. It's difficult. It's really difficult to get this all done. And uh, we're in the last two episodes, and I'll tell you what, the wheels are coming off. Am I right? <laughs> it feels like it a little bit, but at least, I, you know, it's been amazing. We've seen this kind of congeal into a season, I think, over the past three, four episodes or so. It really feels, you know, a lot of people were bemoaning the the, the lack of energy and, the, the you know, the lack of storyline and all kinds of things as the season started off, and now that we're here at the end, it really feels like it has, you know, nicely come into a season. We've uh, seen a lot happen, and I'm sure in our finale, which is tonight, uh, shortly yes. after we're recording this, we'll um, we'll see even more. Right, of course, John. Thank you for bringing it back to the show. Well, we we'll, so what, what we're going to do? We're going to kick this off. Uh, the quality of mercy, and uh, for that, I have I, I watched the episode. I actually watched it, I think, two and a half times. Um, and uh, for that, I learned some things, John, and, and it turns out there are, again, three of them. Number one, Glenn and Rolo. Uh, do you have any friends named Rolo, John? I, I had a snack named Rolo. Yeah, I was going to say, to the best of my knowledge, it is a candy. <laughs> uh, this boy's name is Rolo because he can roll a good joint, John. And I'll tell you what, it, it helps to have a friend who can, who can roll a, a tight joint. It's a difficult thing to do. Thank Number you. two. Anytime you need to combat Pete Campbell, call your Spanish-speaking friends. Uh, this is what Bob Benton does. Uh, he's screaming in Spanish. I think he, uh, he says some disparaging things about Pete. And um, it, it looks as if he's planning uh, for, a bit of a, for a bit of a war, John. Something else I didn't know, number three. <laughs> number three, turns out Sunkist has a TV budget, John, and it's rather large. Hey, well, that could cause some problems with our ocean spray friends. Certainly can, John. Now, conflicts are a real thing. I was uh, Kay and I were watching the show. She's like, you know, does that does that happen? It happens all the time. Conflicts like this happen all the time, and uh, you'd really just have to, tri- uh, uh, you know, pick the best client to go with. In this case, it's usually by who has the most cash, and uh, certainly it is going to be Sunkissed. Uh, but you cannot work on both, John. You have to pick categories. Very nice, John. You want to lead us off here in the quality of mercy? Here we go. Let's get started. We'll just jump right into the uh, right into the Draper household, the bedroom. Not one, but two uh, single occupancy rooms. We have Megan waking to the alarm all by her onesies. No one there to uh, to wake with her. And we find Don in a, you know this kind of brings the episode to a open and a close. 
the ceiling shot of him in the fetal position. Uh, this we're gonna assume is Sally's room. I think it is. Yeah, the um, kids, the kids' space. The kids' space, and uh, you know he's he's uh, he's back on the uh, he's back on the drinks. Yeah. And uh, Megan has some real concern, saying, "Look, you got you got to pull it back." Uh, she's saying she's got to make him breakfast because he looks so bad, but you know, in fact, um, he's making himself even worse by sneaking some booze into the OJ. I believe. Well, they who call doesn't do that, that from time to time? I believe they call that a wake me up. Uh -huh. um, you know, and so so we see that he's he's back on the sauce. Uh, this relationship is going south quickly, and um, you know she says, "Hey, just don't go to work. Can you do that for me?" And he says, "I can," and he keeps this promise. How about that? That's true. He does. Uh, he does not go to work. Um, but I'll tell you who is at work, John. Yeah. Um, in his own way. Right. Uh, our our good friend uh, Kenny Cosgrove. He's out with the, uh, we learn he's out in Detroit. Um, it looks like he's hunting with the, uh, the Chevy guys. Yep. And um, they're making fun of him for not shooting his gun. Uh, Kenny's a city boy. Although, isn't Kenny from Vermont? He is. That's why he, he was, a, you know, he got that right up. And again, he, it's not like he cares. Um, you know, he doesn't care what they're doing. He's just doing whatever they say to do because that's how it works. He has to. Uh, he has this, to, folks. I gotta say, this was probably one of the most jaw-dropping scenes I, I've seen in Mad Men. <laughs> you know, because it, it happens fast. Actually, they're just walking and talking. All of a sudden, they swing their gowns around at Kenny as they're following uh, a bird. You know, and and you, you see the gun go off, and they don't they don't show obviously Kenny getting shot, but he goes down um, like a wet bag of sand, John. You know, and the. Uh, <laughs> of course, the the Twitterers, uh, and and this is to show you how much I don't uh, follow a lot of the current stuff. But I thought it was hysterical. Everybody immediately came out with the, "Oh my God, they killed Kenny, those bastards!" Yeah, uh, which I found very amusing. Very amusing. Well done. But and we'll we'll see what you know is the true um, fate of Kenny here in a second. But it was it was kind of that jaw dropping. Whoa, what just happened? This is true. Uh, Kate had saw it and gasped uh, that indeed uh, uh, Kenny Cosgrove has been killed. I guess what he has going with him is that they were in fact using shotguns as opposed to uh, rifles. Yeah, I guess I guess that's lucky. You just get a spray of pellets instead of a single bullet. Right, right. Well, at a lot, at a lot less force. Is that right? Oh yeah. I'm not a gun owner, John. As you know, uh, I'm I'm I may be. Uh, people may say I'm a bit anti-gun. I'm not into it. Uh, I mean, if it's your thing, that. should we have that gun control conversation we keep tiptoeing around? Well, I, we've done it so many times off air. Let's just keep sure. moving. All right. Fair enough, John. But uh, uh, so so we uh, we move on from Kenny and we're back at the the Draper residence. Yeah, Don, Don is, you know, Don is, I don't know if he's hungover or still drunk, but he's kicking back, watching television, sees a, a great uh, Nixon ad. What do you think about that? Well, you know how I feel about Nixon, John, and I don't want to bring politics into the podcast, so let's just... <laughs> well, then he sees Megan on TV. He does. It's kind of a fun little scene where you actually feel like she's yelling at him through the TV to the mm -hmm. point where he has to turn it off. And we get a phone call. Betty is on the other line saying, you know, hey, I tried the office. If you're too sick to talk, let me know. And then, no, no, we're, we're good. Because, in fact, he's not sick, just drunk. And she <laughs> What says, are you taking for this sickness, John? Yeah. yeah, how do you how do you treat this? Um, but uh, you know, we find out that Sally is is not coming uh, once again. Is multiple times now uh, since the since the big event. I like to call it the incident. The incident, yep, where Don was caught. Uh, but th so this is obviously not the first time she's not been coming over. Don says, you know, um, tell, tell her we miss her, but. He also uh, finds out that she's interested in boarding school. He's like, I, I got it. I'll pay for it. <laughs> you know, pretty much whatever she wants. Yeah. He'll, he'll, uh, he'll do at this point and, and forever. Sure. Um, you know, and, um, and says, you know, hey, we, we both miss her. But this is, you know, obviously going to be uh, a huge thing for the show, I think, for the storylines going forward. Wait, the fact that... The, the fact that he got caught by her and this oh. kind of... this. This Terrifying. reaction, this uh, relationship now, moving forward, because clearly she's that. never, she's not going to never see him again. Well, you know, there's all. You're right. There's always high school graduation, John. Um, speaking of high school graduation, 
We're back in the uh, in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, SDP, right? No, SCP. 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 Yeah. SCP. Uh, PCP. I don't know. Whatever. Wow. Um, we're back in the office. Um, you know the uh, the the Chaw Olson uh, love affair is really it's it's hitting full stride, John. Yeah. Apparently, they had made a trip to Ocean Spray together and gotten a tour, and, and um, now enjoy doing fun. New England accents. And, and who doesn't? Right. But then doing them poorly. Do you do a good one, John, by the way? No. No. I, no. I don't. It's, it's all gone. All I can do is drop the R's. and, and Not that's here pretty bad. at this time. Wow. Thank no. you for that. Was that uh, not good? No, that was, that was great. If you if we had time for you to do more, we would. Sure. Uh, but, thank, you know, thank you. I, this, this one thing does bring to the, the point that I think has been the, uh, the, the probably the most disappointing aspect of the season for me was really the lack of the evolution of Ginsburg as a major player. I'm going to have to agree, John. You know, he, he I thought he offered so much in his... I mean, you know, he, he's been recognized both as by Chaw and, and, and Don as just great at this. I mean, he's it's great true. at what he does. He offers so much in his persona and how he comes across. Uh, he's got, you know, that interesting backstory with his kind of dad and... The right, tenements and, his and inability to talk to ladies. Then the lady stuff, yeah, yeah, all of that. Um, all interesting stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that was intentional. If they're going to do more with him, if he's been really relegated to that, the, just kind of a scene filler, I mean, or yeah, I think he's just a good fallback character. Like, hey, if we can't think of anything, we can always do something with that guy. Yeah, but I don't think. Yeah, I think last year we talked more about him like becoming like a major player, like maybe taking on. You know, like stealing some of Don's thunder, and he really didn't. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so, but everyone at the table is getting a little sick of the flirting going on between Shaw and Peggy Olson, and uh, I think uh, Ginsburg certainly uh, tries to break that up, and thankfully he does. Um, speaking of Ginsburg, um, we go back to the um, the Draper apartment, and we get a call from who? John, our good buddy. What is what are those uh, shorts he has on with like the cross button? I don't right. know. And he's uh, got the Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, it's like it's like if you were it's like if you had dress dress trunks. Like dress. these are my these are my these my these are my dressy trunks. And now listen, John, I'm not from LA. I don't know what it's like out there. You know, maybe you do. Maybe you have a, a dress up uh, pair of um, of swimwear. Um, the shirt is obnoxious. I want to say that the use of brown in the late 60s and 70s has always befuddled me. His shirt, uh, the brown and the yellow, I just never understood that. Yeah, no, I, I, but, uh, you know, fashion aside, sure. Harry did call as a, as a business uh, call and says, hey, Sunkist, they're going to go TV. Look at yeah. this. Look Big at what news. we got. Now, Don was like, you know, why'd you do that? You shouldn't have done that. That's uh, Actually, that was the funniest line of the episode was when, um, you know, Harry says, Don, guess what? He goes, you finally found a hooker that takes traveler's checks. I've been using that joke all week. You would be surprised how many times you can work in uh, <laughs> a hooker and traveler's checks <laughs> into, into, into conversations. I've enjoyed it. But the best part was that, I mean, it wasn't a joke. Like, Harry hangs his head and is like, I shouldn't have told you that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's pretty great. That's pretty great. But, um, uh, but anyway, yeah, so this becomes a point. Uh, uh, you know, Don's trying to make good on his word uh, with Chaw, saying, you know, he's going to stay out of his way. And uh, yet, um, you know, this is a little piece of information that comes in handy. Don, as always, is short with Harry. And uh, we find ourselves in the movie theater, John. And we're at Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, that is disturbing. Have you seen this movie? Never. I'm terrified of it. Have you seen it? Uh, no, Kate was watching it once, and I think I came in in different parts of it. And I just found, uh, uh, who's the woman in it? It's not Mia. Is it Mia Farrow? Yeah, it's Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow to be so terrifying. Just she just looks just looks so crazy, and her hair was cut really short. One time, Kate cut her hair that short, and folks, if you've seen Rosemary's Baby, Mia Farrow's hair is cut short, mm-hmm. like really short. Anyway, I got it up here at the, the IMDb. It's getting an eight out of ten. No, it's a it's an iconic movie from what oh. I can tell, uh, but I, it's terrifying. I yeah, I don't know childbirth and then the devil. I just. It's terrifying. I believe, I believe, if I'm not wrong, it's uh, uh, Mia Farrow's character has the devil 
she's impregnated with Satan. Right, right. That's the yeah. That's the thought. And uh, I mean, it's not a happy-go-lucky story, John. You know, it's interesting. We actually had an email write in about this. That now this was a this was a Roman Polanski movie. Yes, it was. And and there's been some comment that you know a lot of Matt Weiner's everything has been kind of Roman Polanski almost homage with the the whole Sharon Tate thing, who was his wife for mm-hmm. a, a short period yeah. of time, yeah. as well as references to several other things. Um, uh, a, a couple episodes ago, Sally Draper was reading Rosemary's Baby. That's right. So we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot of this. It, it certainly has affected the show, folks. If I can just give you a uh, uh, every once in a while, you know, I give you a little tidbit. Uh, so the producer of Rosemary's Baby was uh, Robert Evans, and there is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. It's called "The Kid Stays in the Picture," and it's Robert Evans's story, like his career story. It is one of the best documentary biography movies i've ever seen it is so so good he's the guy behind rosemary's baby love story the godfather he saved paramount pictures go i think it's on netflix streaming if it's not get it on netflix if not download it illegally i didn't say that uh it's a great movie Moving wow it's, so it's really good is that something that uh, what was the name of again uh the kid stays in the picture there you go the uh, robert evans story Really, really, you'll love it. Like, even if you hate me, you will. This, you remember the last movie I said, uh, uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous. If you, if you didn't like me, don't watch it. No, no, no. Even if you don't like me, uh, I'll watch this movie. It's so good. All right. Really good. Well, and that kind of gets us back to uh, this movie, The Rosemary's yeah. Baby. Um, Megan and Don afterwards, you know, very disturbing film. And, you know, it's not, it doesn't sound like a feel good movie. No. Type of deal. And who do we see but. Chaw and Peggy coming out giddy from this. Uh, Love this. It, yeah. Very, very pleased with themselves, apparently, and each other. They are and, basking uh, in each other's glow. Yes. And they're talking about, um, you know, using this as uh, kind of an ad spinoff for uh, children's aspirin. Doesn't make sense to me, John. Nor anybody else. But, uh, but anyways, Megan offers, like, hey, why don't we grab a bite to eat? And... Both of them kind of realize, oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Bad move. Yeah. You know, and so they head out. Uh, Peggy says, I have a date. Shaw says, I got to toss the football with the kids. Sure. Megan is just, you know, over the moon with the gossip. Loving it. Don uh, apparently claims he could care. Although, you know, in the um, in a lot of the theories and even in the little behind-the-scenes interview, Don is saying that, or the, the whiner is saying that, you know, Don is just, consumed with this that you know he sees that relationship and is just not not good with that yeah i mean i I think you can understand where don definitely feels some kind of ownership over peg not ownership but you know what i mean like she should be like peggy's his sidekick man what are you doing right you know what i mean right i I still don't think there's at all a romantic situation there yeah i think it's just like hey man you stole my sidekick right oh yeah Yeah, of course not cool bro but, uh, you know, they, and they get back home and, uh, you know, Megan's, you know, trying to be fun and talkative and bring up all kinds of stuff. Don's just not having it. Says, what time is it in California? And needs to make a phone call. So even though he had told Harry, look, we're not going to do the sunkiss thing. This is kind of what this is looking in. You know, he's he's got now another axe to grind in his mind with the chaw. And so he's going to he's going to go after his ocean spray. Mm-hmm. By you know, go ahead and pulling in Sunkiss because he knows it's going to be more money. Fair enough. And we then uh, we then jump to the next scene, which is uh, really us- exciting because we learn that indeed uh, Kenny Cosgrove Kenny Cosgrove did not die, just sprayed with lead and possibly lost an eye. Possibly, uh, well, yeah. which is not okay. No, <laughs> not at all. He the, the poor guy. You know, again, a lot of times we've looked at Ken as kind of the the so-called moral compass of the show sure you know and um you know kind of the the best guy that we have and he's you know he's the one that get gets hurt um and he's he's being put to his breaking point right here and he's talking about how chevy's killing him he starts crying he has to dab he, the eye patch eye he talks about how on the way to the hospital they stopped for lunch they wanted <laughs> to I love how they uh, they always have like little like uh, bump jokes about the people in uh, Detroit. He 
full out hates Detroit. He hates their cheap suits. He hates their just fat turdiness. Somebody has an axe to grind with Detroit in this show, John. Wait, but wait, why? Jaguar's not from there, though. What are you talking about? Well, because they went after Jaguar earlier. I don't think it's an axe to grind with Detroit, per se. What? I, no, I mean, saying. Kenny just says a lot of disparaging things about Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. That's all I'm saying. But, uh, but you know, it was Pete, uh, Pete very... Graciously. Great, yeah, yeah. Graciously, <laughs> exactly. Um, it says, like, hey, you know... Uh, if you can, if you can do make this happen, where you transfer it over to me, I'll do it. Fine, you know. I mean, twist my arm a little more. Um, I can't wait for this. I hope they do. I mean, I can see how those guys would love to kill Pete. Pete comes across as this, you know, East Coast silver spoon douchebag. I can only imagine how the guys in Detroit are going to handle that. Well, and and we'll see in a minute. You know what? How the team is actually going to go with this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but again, you know, Pete, Pete uh, pseudo graciously is taking this, um, but really he's just trying to make sure that he's indispensable and you know better off and blah blah blah. Of course. So we then jump to uh, the news that Sunkist will be uh, taken over for uh, for Ocean Spray um, when Don goes in. He knows he's going to have support because the account guys, is it Gleason? Cutler. Cutler. Yes. Gleason's dead. Please don't. Please don't talk down to me. Uh, Cutler. Uh, Don knows Cutler's going to jump all over the cash, so he knows it's going to be no fight. And even even Shaw knows that it's, you know, it's what you've got to do. So uh, he goes right along, but he's not happy about it. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, and he gets very upset about, you know, what does this look like? The right hand doesn't know the left hand. You know, blah, blah. And and Don, you know, kind of throws up this little goofy you're right we got to be better type of stuff and right but certainly you know we're gonna do what right just yeah set in motion um we then jump to that scene where uh pete is cleaning his little tiny air rifle which is just hilarious i literally thought that was a bb gun to begin with yeah um but yes it's come back around once again john he will kill something and he will find a woman to cook it for him well, I love how his secretary points out, like, hey, it's a pellet gun. Like it's that, an air rifle, pal. That, you couldn't gonna, kill. Yeah. Yeah. If you're lucky, that takes out a rabbit. Exactly. Um, but we, uh, we are getting called into a, uh, account, the head of accounts meeting, essentially, where uh, they're talking about how they're going to transition Kenny off the business and uh, Pete on. And one key way of doing that, John, is making sure that Bob Benson is the bridge. But I, and I like, how, uh, I like how... Um, our good friend, uh, 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 <laughs> Bert. Cutler? Bert. Bert. You know, Cooper. really calls out, yeah, really calls out um, <laughs> Campbell here with the crocodile tears comment. You know, because that's what all of us are thinking with this whole, like, oh, I'll do it yeah, type of thing. anything I can do to help my friend Kenny. Right, right. I mean, if I could step on his face and uh, drown him, that'd be, that'd be just as good. You like how, uh, you like how, uh, Rogers throwing out the one-eyed comments. The uh, the shiver uh, my timbers. Yeah, the apocalypse. Yeah, cyclops. I mean, no, no, the cyclops. It's yeah. not well. It could be the apocalypse. Um, when Pete's told uh, Bob Benson is going to be the uh, the the bridge, uh, he says, "I'd really prefer to have my own team." Everyone says they they know Bob. They love Bob. Bob Stan. Pete tries again to push away. Uh, Bob recuses himself, and uh, they tell him, "Listen." Either you go with Bob or we'll find somebody else to do this. Pete knows he has really no recourse. He says, thank you for your trust. And walks out the door, John, and then uh, him and Bob have this little uh, tuffle scuffle. Wait, where, where Bob says, you know, is there a problem? Yeah. And Pete's like, look, I, I don't want to work with you. And, you know, Bob's like, look, I, I'm after Chevy now. You know, I, I don't, uh, I don't I'm, my admiration for you is waning quickly. I somehow feel like this is out of... Uh, the whole Bob turn just seems out of character. He seems to he has all he had always seemed a bit too smooth to let himself get caught like this, um, and and put into uh, this kind of tricky situation. Uh, but I guess you do need to keep pushing the story forward. So I don't know. You know, sense. he he kind of it kind of feels like um, you remember the uh, the great what was it early '90s comedy Growing Pains. I do, Jen. One of my favorite shows. So, you know, it was kind of the, the uh, jumping off point for Leonardo DiCaprio. Sure. The end of that, 
where they just kind of force this new character in. Bob kind of has that feel a little bit. You know, oh, where like I see. they're kind of they're forcing this mystery and this intrigue and this you know this good looking young guy who's well spoken and you know listens to. Uh, Although know, John, yeah, let me make the point that it's much easier to insert a new character in an office setting than in a family setting. Well done. <laughs> Moving on, we uh, we find ourselves in the car, John, with uh, Betty and yeah. Sally. They're on the way to boarding school. And, uh, man, Betty is looking at those fries like she would love to just murder them. Am I right? <laughs> well, and she does. She does ask for one. She only has one. John, you know, once you pop, you can't stop when it comes to delicious French fries. But uh, she does. She manages to. Uh, we're seeing, of course, um, Sally give Betty quite a bit of guff as now she's reached her teenage years and could really care. Um, you know, really kind of rebelling against uh, her mother, who she doesn't, who she genuinely doesn't even like. Um, and I think this uh, boarding school is a brilliant idea, um, although the blue bloods you meet there um, um, may not be the best of people, uh, but they certainly, <laughs> will, they certainly will set you up for success in life, John. There you go. There you go. Talk about growing pains. I keep bringing it back, even if it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you're yeah. right. They're, they're kind of setting this up. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, I, 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 although I believe that um, uh, in this episode in general, um, Betty is trying to bond with her in ways that we really haven't seen her successfully do um, in this entire series. Uh, so I have to say it seemed a bit, it seemed, seemed kind of nice. Like she, was, she was genuinely trying. Well, and, and do you think that she was genuinely trying or she was trying in so much as she wants to set things up to be as, as good as possible for Sally's interview so that she can then brag about... Cause was that? I think that was an email. So that she can brag about Sally without actually having to worry about taking care of her because she'll be three yeah, hours away. I think away. that's fine, and I, I don't think that's unusual for parents, John. All right. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a parent, clearly. I do have a cat, and he's the best. <laughs> uh, John... Uh, we get we get a we get to the next scene. We're back in the duck pond. That's right, folks. Um, duck is appearing again. Um, Pete has called him to see if he can uh, somehow uh, get Bobby B um, out of a job um, by kind of pushing him out the door and saying, "Listen, here's 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 a lead. Like, just get out of here. Here's a lead. Um, you know, we both know what you're all about." Although he doesn't yet, um, he tells. Uh, the duck pond what Bob's been up to who he worked with before and says he'll send over his personnel file and that way Duck can kind of uh, verify what's going on right and you know Duck's like look you know he's got to be pretty good if you feel threatened by him this is true and then of course in the next scene um, Bobby B is screaming in Spanish (laughs) to, uh, to who's his friend who's his well, that's why I was wondering. Do you think it definitely is Manolo, it's his Manolo, friend, man. or do you think it's it is, you know, one of the cartel that he is? Oh, like the Spanish mafia, right? I don't know the Spanish mafia, so I can't even come up with a clever name here. I don't. I think it's Manolo. Um, here's the thing, John. I haven't contacted any um, foreign mafias here um, in New York, <laughs> uh, but but I, I believe I would only be able to get to one by having a friend of that culture, for instance, like Cosa Nostra. You know, I'm going to need, uh, uh, I, I believe, an Italian friend. Um, and then there's the Japanese gangs. Uh, you know, y- you're going to need, you're going to need a door, right? Um, so I'm guessing, uh, I'm guessing, uh, what's the guy's name? Alfredo? <laughs> Manolo. Manolo. Manolo is that door. Um, but it, it did, it, it was kind of a hilarious surprise uh, to see um, Bobby B yelling in Spanish. I don't know. It added even more of a mystery and flair to his... Absolutely. Bobby Benson this. John, we then uh, find Don talking to uh, Charles Ted's uh, uh, secretary. Yep, Moira. Uh, who is extreme. Oh, Moira. Do you know Moira? <laughs> Who's extremely jealous, uh, uh, I think, of uh, Peggy and uh, Ted's uh, oh, new, like, see, just obnoxious relationship. Yeah, see, I didn't think she, it was jealousy at all. I just think she's, she was just put off by it. You like know, she just she finds it obnoxious. She finds, you know, she knows that he's still married. Um, she just, she sees it as, you know, almost high schoolish. The ladies don't like that, John. Absolutely. And so they come in and, you know, they're setting up the, this commercial for the aspirin. And, uh, you know, 
go through the whole thing. Don, you're the can you're the baby. That's where the camera is. You're gonna see all these people crowding around, like in the movie. Somebody uh, somebody pointed out that the Don going uh, doing the baby cry is going to be uh, you know wonderful ad gold in the future for AMC. Why did not somebody not send us? I feel like that was an animated gift just waiting to show up in my inbox. Right, where the Don crying. Wow, wow. You don't even need the sound; just his face doing that would be amazing. Um, but uh, as they, uh, as uh, Ted and Peggy shuffle off to casting, uh, we find out that indeed, uh, from uh, from Joan, this project is way over budget. John. Yeah, I mean, wait, wait. we we eventually find out that it's it's more than two hundred percent over. They was given fifteen thousand; they had bumped it up to fifty. Yes, yes, indeed. And John. Um, if we can kind of, can we're we gonna be able to kind of skip ahead to what happens there? So what Don does is, uh, can can we just explain this entire thing right now? Yeah. Would you mind? Go. So what Don does is he uh, he calls St. Joseph's and said, "Hey, listen, uh, we're doing casting. We've got a great idea, um, but it's going to cost quite a bit more. Here's what it's going to cost." So he sends over kind of a um, a budget increase, right, on what's going to happen. Right. And St. Joseph freaks out and calls uh, casting and says, "Just stop." Right now, I can see how you might think that that's Don going behind Ted's back to screw up things. Right, that is not at all. I think in in general, I mean, you know, in today's life, you know, you would have called him on his cell phone and asked him, you know, this, but you still would have done this budget increase. The client needs to know, and the worst thing you can do is finish the work and then hold your hand out. Right. Right. Why, are they, why would they the, pay you? <laughs> that's going to make the client twice as mad. Because now you've put them in a spot. Like, they can't even control it. Right. Um, and it, it now depends on you to say, oh, okay, well, we'll just we'll eat it. Um, so it may seem, I think, that Don was backstabbing a little bit. But I think not at all. He was truly just doing what you should do. Right. Um, but, I mean, it, the, I guess the, the idea is, or the, the question is, would Don have been... You know, if if Don and Ted's roles were switched and he had this great, you know, spectacular piece of work, you know, would he still have done it that way? Would he still have kept the budget in mind, or would he have gone forward with the creative? Yeah, but I don't think it's what I don't. I think you have to take that out of the equation. You have to say what is the right thing to do, and he did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Whether he would have done it to him, to himself, I don't know. But I think just in general, he did the right thing. You would hope that if he was doing it. If he was doing it wrong, Don was doing it wrong, someone else would step in. Either Ted or Roger. Somebody would say, hey, man, this is out of budget, and you got to stop. So, anyway, sorry. That's all right. All right I, I think this, like, this makes for the, the bulk of the show was this, this interaction and what he does both here and then later, and later. on in the meeting. You know, exactly. is, is he doing the right thing? Is he doing the right thing for the company? Is he being incredibly selfish? Is he doing both? Yeah. But we'll get there in a second. Right now we're at the, uh, the boarding school. Sally and Betty are getting interviewed and say, look, you know, you're going to spend the night. You're going to go to class tomorrow. Betty, come on back at two. You know, go fetch the girls. You're going to be learning about us while we learn about you. Pretty, you know, pretty standard interview pretty stuff. Standard, yeah. yeah, visit college or high school visit. Yeah. yeah. Everything be, seems to be going fine. We find uh, then in our next scene, uh, Pete's mom, who's been all over this season, John. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back in the office, um, saying that I, what is she saying that she wants to find Manolo? Or oh no, Manolo called her and said, "Go talk to your son and to lay off my buddy Bobby B." Well, well, but to I mean, the actual point of the visit was she needs her passport. Oh, because she's going to find Manolo. Well, because Manolo has found her, and you know they want to go out of the country with together. And Pete's like, "No, it's not going to happen. I forbid it." And he's like, why are you even talking to him? How did you talk to him? She says, I, I ran into him. And he goes, how? She, and very comically says, I don't remember because she has the dementia. Right. Um, uh, convenient excuse. Uh, Pete, in, uh, in true Peteness, uh, then yells at the nurse um, and says that her job is in danger and then slams the door like a child. Well done, sir. But, As always. Yes. Well, when, and we go back to the, uh, the children, as it were. We're mm-hmm. now like in the rooms of the boarding school, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently, like, we, what do you, we got like a little, little hazing. You know, I don't know, John. Uh, I didn't go to boarding school. Um, I imagine this is what it's like. Uh, I do not know any better. 
<laughs> yes, the, the girls, the, uh, 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 Sally's sitting in the room talking to the, um, the one girl who is kind of in the living room because uh, uh, they kind of broke up this little dorm. Like there's a living room and a bedroom and they're putting two girls in there. One stays in the living room, one stays in the bedroom. They switch at Christmas. Sounds fair. <laughs> uh, so uh, they're talking um, and uh, then the second girl comes in and she is the... It be Mandy. Uh, Mandy. And the other one is Millicent. Mi- Man, doesn't that, that sounds like an evil character's name. Well, like, that, that sounds like a, a witch name. Well, there was a Maleficent. Yes, exactly. That's what it's reminding me of. Okay. Do you know any Millicents? I don't. Listeners, do we have a Millicent? Mm. Millicent. Anybody named Millicent out there? Because, I mean, no? your Moira request generated several. But not several Moiras, people that had had Moira friends. Right, and yeah, no, we didn't hear from any specific Moiras. Yeah, so I think we have no shot at Millicent. <laughs> Millificent? Millicent? Millicent is the Mi- name Millicent. of the character in this Millicent. show. Maleficent Mil- is the Disney villain. Millicent. Anyway, um, the uh, the Spice Girl of the duo comes in, and uh, <laughs> they start talking to uh, Sally. <laughs> Sally, as if, as if uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you got to pay your dues. Uh, did you at least bring us any booze? Uh, no booze. You got to have cigarettes. No cigarettes. Sally goes. Well, I've got money, uh, and they look at her and laugh and say, "We don't, we don't need money," which I thought to be um, probably very true. Uh, right, right. Otherwise, they would school. be in a boarding school. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that next scene after that is uh, Don running into Chaw. Ted did not seem as mad as you would have thought. Um, well, partly because I think you know he he knows that you needed to do this. Yeah, you had to do that. So he should be thanking Don. Don, I thought was very gracious about. It. He's like, listen, man, I understand, but we need to do this right. Ted's like, I know, I'm just crazy, you know. Peggy's the work is so good she can smell the Clio. What does a Clio smell like? Yeah, I just you know clean metal. I was I thought maybe like a like a like a meat sandwich like a like a jus. <laughs> but just, I don't know? think Don was actually being very gracious. I, I think he really enjoyed you know kind of turning this screw and making this. I don't know. Not I didn't think so. I didn't think so for, at all. Because when he says like you know when he goes I understand you know I mean I think he understood that. Yeah, and he didn't say it directly like he does later, that his judgment's impaired, that he's not thinking, he's not thinking from a company standpoint right now. He's thinking about, you know. Strictly... Yeah, I mean, I guess you needed to have that conversation then, really. Right. I agree. I agree, John. We end up uh, back in Millicent's room um, with the other two girls, um, and uh, low, row low, and behold, John. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who do? Who do we see? But I've got to say, podcast favorite Glenn, John. Uh, Glenn has always been, uh, creepy Glenn, uh, has always been a favorite around these parts. And um, he's, he's growing up to be uh, uh, quite a stand-up guy. And I have to say, like, from, from the time he entered the scene, never once thought him creepy, even with all the no. buttons. Grown that, out of the creepy. He, he, uh, he, pulled, he pulled off the, what was it, army jacket? Did you notice this, John? I didn't notice until we uh, until we stopped the video. Until I'm because you know, we're going through it here. Um, that um, they they mentioned that oh we we drove around until we saw the Snoopy in the window. Uh, it, there's a tiny Snoopy stuffed animal in the window. If you were driving around, could you see that? Yeah, I uh, well, I guess we don't have a great idea of the geography of the dorms. Fair enough, John. And you know, if, if it's nighttime, they can easily pick out the ones that have lights on. Surely, surely, and uh, and I, I and I will say this: a Snoopy silhouette uh, cannot be missed. Uh, <laughs> Glenn has an inordinate, inordinate, inordinate amount of buttons and patches on his jacket, so much so that I think it's uh, it's too much. Uh, a lot of flair. Clearly anti-war. Uh, not not into it, uh, as the youth tends to be. He does bring a bottle of booze over. I I believe it's a bottle of gin because she says that she can make a Tom Collins, right? Yeah. Um, they laugh at that because John, who has a Tom Collins? <laughs> they just end up taking shots. They drink it straight, John. And we find out that the um, the den mother, or whatever, um, has a bit of a drinking problem herself, a heavy hand, and would just save a little for her. Uh, Did you see this poster in the background of a no. monkey riding an, uh, a giraffe? Yeah, I have that. Is that monkey in a cowboy hat? Uh, and is no. he holding a snake? He is holding a snake. No hat. <laughs> I think he has a hat. Uh, <laughs> we then end up uh, burning the midnight oil, John, with both uh, Pete Campbell and the Duck Pond. Yeah, this uh, this was the big reveal. The big reveal. We learned some very interesting things here, John. 
Tell me what they are. Well, pretty much that um, this is all fake. Uh, you know that that uh, it, no, I mean that that Bob has nothing. No credentials. Uh, we don't even know if his name is real. He's like, no, I, you know, I, I called over at his previous place of work at uh, Brown Bother, Brown Brothers and Harriman, and uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, we we remember, you know, Bobby. He was the manservant to the senior vice president for three years. He even took him to Europe, John. Yeah, Queen Mary. Yeah, on the uh, you know, but but he had, you know, he didn't have any real references. Um, you know, and, when he when he left, he stole he stole the Christmas card list. Nobody yeah, saw him again. and the pencil sharpener. And only uh, an, an idiot kind of company uh, would have hired him with no references. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, we, we learn here that Bob Benton is, um, is, as they say, full of it. And now Pete has this to hold over him. It seems as if he could easily get um, Pete uh, kind of... He could easily get Bobby B uh, expelled or fired. But I think uh, somehow... Um, you know, Pete realizes that, uh, you know, uh, Bob's holding, holding the wild card. Um, he could definitely hurt his mother um, or do something weird. Uh, Bobby B has that ability. Don continues in the next scene to uh, ignore Megan. Uh, poor Megan says, hey, you know, you could watch TV in bed. That's cool, too, right? <laughs> no answer. Really cold. Yeah. Um, Don just loves destroying himself, um, as always. Um, we get back to uh, the next scene where uh, Glenn does some very interesting um, acting. Apparently, Melissalent, 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 Millicent, Millicent, right? Millicent, uh, uh, yeah, has a little weed and just loses it, man. Uh, she probably just fell asleep, to be honest with you. Where she went, we don't know because that's her bed that we're all sitting by. Um, Marilyn, maybe, maybe she just fell asleep in a tree somewhere, John. Um, we're worried, though, that she may freak out and uh, think her hair's on fire, although I don't believe uh, 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 marijuana is a uh, hallucinogenic drug. But I don't know. Um, we're worried she'd run down the hall screaming, my hair's on fire, and there's boys in our room. Uh, that would be terrible. Um, but but we, do find, we do find that the uh, soon-to-be Carrie Bradshaw um, is a bit, of a, a bit of a lady of love and takes, uh, takes Glenn into her room uh, to see if they can find her uh, her journal, John. Yeah, a little little reading, a little nighttime reading. Yeah, a little, reading. little light, little light reading. Yeah, and probably a little heavy petting. Perhaps. Yeah. Well, and and we find out, you know, so Rolo uh, Rolo starts making the moves on Sally. He and does. Make sure just to let her know that. Oh, he's been around. I've got good hands. Hey, man, I know what I'm doing. To which hey, she, listen, to which she responds. Doing. So, do you play basketball? I thought that was Ooh. great. Very nice. Gross. Gross. Um, uh, to, to be fair, uh, Rolo does not do anything untoward. Uh, he, just, he just goes in for the kiss a couple of times. Um, I don't know. Uh, these people all look quite a bit older than Sally. I mean, not quite a bit older, but, you know, like a few years uh, her senior. It's not as weird, but uh, uh, Sally seems a bit young. Uh, Rolo uh, does not mind his high-waisted jeans and creepy 70s sandals. Uh, uh, do get him in a bit of trouble because when Sally says uh, she goes and knocks on the door, and I got to say, um, uh, Glenn cannot be happy about this. Am I right? As a as a as a as a, as like a boy uh, of the age of fifteen, uh, uh, you do not want to be interrupted. Uh, am I right, John? Right. What? But not only that. I think what he says is pretty accurate. You know, they grew up. She's like her sister. Sure. They probably told him on the way over, like, "Hey, I know you're good with your hands." <laughs> yeah, but keep to yourself, pal. Clean, yeah, keep him off. Rollo. Uh, you know, and, and um, Glenn actually takes to that comment that Sally says, look, you know, he was he was uh, all over me with those hands. Yeah, and, well, they're amazing. Uh, you know, and he, they have a mind of their own, John. You know, throws them to the ground, gets a couple punches in. I couldn't, and, I couldn't uh, stop myself. Every, every couple hours this week, I'd just be like, damn it, Rollo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It's just fun to say. You should try it. Folks, just at work, something goes wrong, damn it, Rollo. <laughs> it makes you feel better. It makes it really just clears the head. But, and while they're uh, fighting, uh, you know, Sally gets this great big short smile. That uh, wow, like the dudes are fighting over me. Um, well, I, I, I think she's she's uh, certainly has to be uh, uh, flattered uh, for Glenn to defend her honor in such a way. Uh, Glenn uh, still uh, is a bit of a hothead. He could try to calm down a little bit. Think, right. Uh, you know, the stern warning from low to roll low probably wouldn't have been enough. Uh, 
Although this this kind of action, John, it makes you very popular with the ladies of a boarding school, as it were, for Sally. Uh, you're trouble, aren't you? Yeah, I yeah, you absolutely. Good times. You got you bring out, you got some liquor here. You got some pot here. There's boys fighting in our room, looking at my journal. Don't know what that means. <laughs> good God, good God. We find ourselves then transported back magically to the boardroom at uh, SCP, and. Uh, Don's sitting there, kind of all ready. And uh, Peggy Olson comes in and says, oh, what are you doing here? We need a little bit more firepower, says Ted. Um, so he's here. Uh, Ted comes in and the client comes in. And uh, things go a bit, I think things went actually pretty well. Yeah, I, I did too. I thought the, uh, you know, Don Don is trying to make sure that they can bump up the budget. And complete the ad. And complete the ad. Yeah. And uh, you know the 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 guy from St. Joseph who comes in. He's like, "Look, you know, I, I, I you you owe me a reason. You yeah. know, it's not your job to increase my sales. <laughs> your job That's is right. to give me ad work what we with on. with the budget we agreed on." And sure. you know, Ted, uh, I think reaches kind of the end of his reasoning. I, I really don't know that he could have done any better. Well, he didn't have any reasoning. His well, the only reasoning he had was completely un. Untellable, uh, John. Uh, he has, as the kids say, um, a boner for Peggy. <laughs> yeah, yep, that was all over the Twitter. Yeah, uh, was it <laughs> the jaw boner for Peggy? <laughs> uh, oh boy! But no, so so Don jumps in, you know, and and in his very cool manner says, "Look, you know, you just can't tell you what it is. It's very personal." But you know, and this is where I think people have the problem. Is that he really lets Ted twist here? He does a little too long. He uh, holds him above the coals. Right. You know. Um, you know. We, like you, you see the collar getting tight. The client even says, "You okay?" Yeah. Um, yeah. So that I think a lot of people had a lot of problem with with that part of it. But um, well, I think that's just it being a television show, and they needed to draw a little. Uh, I, I liked the fact that he looked at like he looked at Peggy, and then he looked at Chaw, so that he could try to. You know, make Cha understand, like, listen, man, I could tell him the truth here. I could tell him that you just, you know, you have a Peggy boner and, uh, <laughs> and embarrass, the, embarrass the crap out of you. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think he was trying to sell that home, too, which is fair. Um, right. but, but it turns out that he uses uh, the dead man to get us out of this situation. He said that this was the last idea that uh, Gleason ever had. Right, and, and since this was a client from CGC... Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, oh, Frank, you know, well, great guy. Why didn't you say so? Yeah. Um, and, I gave you 25. And he, Exactly. He doesn't, he's like, look, you can make these characters out of cardboard or animate it. <laughs> but, you know, we can, but that's amazing. I mean, he, he increased the, uh, he increased he the budget it. by, yeah, almost doubled it. Yeah. 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 Um, which, is, which is awesome. I think, uh, although Ted, uh, who I think, you know, certainly has very, uh, very strong memory. Of uh, Gleason, uh, I think initially feels as if this is a uh, a cheap ploy to just get more money. Um, so I think obviously it wasn't. I mean, it, it it was to save his ass. Right. I mean, we you, this could if this if Don ass. doesn't step in, you know how how imagine how this goes. Exactly. It doesn't go anywhere, and it gets weird, and then they just have to redo things or water down the ad, or you know, or make eat it, it not work. Yeah. Right. And I don't exactly. think there's any way that Sterling Cooper would be okay with eating, what, thirty? Yeah, thirty-five thousand dollars. Not cool. No. Which is which? How which is how much money today? That would be sixty-five billion dollars. Jeez. I think, or just what <laughs> Greece owns the Europe owes the European Union. <laughs> Somewhere around there. But, uh, but so, anyways, you know, you get, they get the twenty-five uh, instead of fifteen, and you know. Uh, he's uh, Chaw is angry, and you know sends Peggy out, and they kind of have a little argument right there, and, and Don kind of lets him have it. Like you said, they probably should have said this before. But look, your judgment's impaired. You're not thinking with your. I I couldn't agree more with Don. I really thought he was on here. But right on, it, you know. Indeed. And and he even points to 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 Moira. He's like, look, ask your secretary. This Everybody is this is embarrassing. Yeah, it's gross, man, and you know it. Be honest with yourself. Um, speaking of being honest, John, we find our way into Bobby B's office. He is uh, listening, uh, I think, to his headphones again about how to uh, win friends and influence people. <laughs> Clearly not working. 
Uh, Pete comes in, uh, pretty much lays out that he knows all of his background and that he is screwed. Bob says, hey, man, just give me a day. <laughs> right. Give me a day set start. I'm not even going to try to get out of this. Um, and then I thought Pete did an interesting move here. I think he did what, honestly, maybe he had to do. I say, hey, listen, I'm going to let you, you know, I mean, Bobby B is well-respected. He, he's doing a good job. It's not that he's not doing a good job at the agency. And, and Pete kind of needs him to help make this transition smooth. Um, so he says, listen, I'm off limits, pal. Uh, stop it all with all this weird shit. And uh, we're going to have to do this. You know, because I, I, you think Pete might have been worried that if, if Bobby took off, that the, the eye would have been cast on him as having, you know, done yes. something, and he would yes. have lost Chevy. Exactly. He had to keep him in. Gotcha. He had to keep him in. I think he did. He did. I think he realized he did what he, well, he realized he had to keep him, so. But it, I did, uh, I was kind of with Bob on this one. The way that Pete kind of talks in circles for a minute, where he's kind of talking about Don, but no one would know that. You know, as oh, far a little as, bit, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah, like I've learned yeah. not to tangle with your kind of animal, and oh, I yeah, surrender, yeah, exactly. and all this stuff. And, and he's like, what? What is yeah. going on? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but no, I, I, I think the interesting thing is some people have postulated that this could could be a mistake in that, you know, Bob could just, you know, fly by Pete and bury Off him, him, you know, Off as far him. as a top account man and value but the company. I think, but he knows, but he knows that Pete's always got something over him. So he needs to be careful. And Pete knows that too. Right, which is where Don is. Yeah. Uh, so we've got, it's, uh, we've got one of the last scenes here mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Sally and Betty driving back from, um, from our good old time at the uh, boarding school. Sounds, I, I don't know about you, John, but I wish I'd gone to boarding school. <laughs> it looks like a great time. <laughs> uh, it is what you make it. We find, this is true about everything, John. We find ourselves... Um, Hearing uh, Betty talk about how it's looking good, you know she's a good pedigree. She could go anywhere, and they hope that she goes to uh, that girls' school, which is still around, by the way. John, do you remember the name of the school? You know, I never could actually hear the name. I tried a couple of times. I, c- I couldn't figure out which was the name of the school. I think it was Miss Wanda's boarding school. We'll just call it that. All right. <laughs> and um, the the girls gave her a shining review, and it sounds as if she's got this lock stock, John. Interesting thing, and I think this is something that all mothers look into sharing with their daughters. Uh, Betty says, listen, I know you want a cigarette. Why don't you have one? I'd rather you do it here in front of me. I'd rather you get cancer in front of me than uh, behind my back with your friends. Um, but, then she so says, a, but then she says, I'm sure you, your father's already given you a beer. My father's given me nothing. Right, and she says that with this very distant look. And, uh, and Betty gets kind of this quizzical look on her face. And uh, according to the whiner, this was kind of a big reveal for her. You know, Betty's, uh, you know, been thinking that she, Sally's been mad at her forever. And I'm sure, right. she, I'm sure she is. But, you know, here she actually realizes that Sally is not, you know, kind of a daddy's little girl, at least uh, not right now. Right. Um, I think up until this time, she'd always been defending Don as, you know, she likes Don better. Right. You know. It's it's Betty that's holding her back. Right. Yeah, so this is this is a, this is a win for Bet- Betty Monster. She's I'm I'm sure she's uh, going to close in and go for the kill on this one, as you do, as a mother and a parent. Uh, next thing, we find ourselves at uh, back at the office. Um, Peggy Olson is going to visit her good buddy pal, Ted Shaw, and uh, Moira has to tell her that uh, he's gone for the day. Well, when did he leave? When you said you needed to see him. <laughs> Uh-oh, uh-oh. He knows he's in trouble. He's got to figure this out. Ted has to pull himself together on this. Uh, now, Peggy Olsen uh, accuses Don of doing all of this, doesn't know why he's doing what he's doing, but wishes he would stop it. And uh, Don tells her to calm down. And I don't know why he doesn't try to just explain it better. He should have given Peggy the kind of the same talk he gave Ted. Yeah. You know, you two are being ridiculous, and everyone can see it. So and- maybe you should stop it. And all, and all he said was, uh, you know, he's just a guy that's in love with you. That's as much as he says in regards to that. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it, he, he kind of says the agency stuff. And, you know, Peggy um, Pe- Peggy gets very upset, calls him a monster, says, you know, that he's killed. You know, he's killed him. He's killed Ted. Mm-hmm. He's killed the ad. He's killed everything. And, you know, when she says that, you can kind of look outside the office. And, you know, he's killed the relationship with his daughter. He's killed the relationship with his current wife. 
Um, you know, he's he killed he's that destroyed in everything. That dream one time. He killed. He, <laughs> he um, kills everything. I know it. And that's uh, and that's it. That's the end of the episode, John. Well what? done. I liked this episode. I think everybody did. It seemed to be very popular. And you know, they they do bring it back around a little bit again with him uh, laying down now in the, that fetal position on the side, mm-hmm. with it, which is how we saw him when the episode opened with that ceiling camera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John, did we get any emails? Oh my goodness! Show up in the email bag, please. <laughs> All right, we'll get things started off here. Our friend John in Cleveland says, hey, with uh, Weiner's attention to geographical de- details, I was wondering if we know where Peggy lives. And if so, if a rat-infested apartment ever became a desirable, gentrified, or trendy place to live, like Park Slope, Prospect Heights, uh, etc. Just curious. I don't know why we, why we had to point out those two neighborhoods. Uh, but uh, I, I believe so. I mean, here in my in my mind, anything probably, and even even so now, I mean, Harlem is gentrifying um, as as we speak. Uh, it sounded as if she was just on the Upper West. Um, I think they mentioned right, John. That's what they were saying. Well, because yeah. they were looking at that place on the Upper East, right? right. Exactly. And, and but and, they ended up over on the Upper West. And I've got to say, folks, uh, there are parts of the Upper West that are just amazing. Some of the Upper West is beautiful so probably i think uh, if she held on to that place uh she probably would be doing pretty well all right um our friend uh, mike in omaha writes in the title of this email was a hilarious arrested development reference um refer to, <laughs> referring to the mix-up between method one acting clinics and a methadone clinic uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm referencing in regards to the addiction I feel tugging at my chest, ripping it, uh, my head apart like a Don Draper hangover. The terrible feeling that there's only one more episode this year and only 13 episodes after that. How are we supposed to make it through? Uh, what I can only imagine will be an extraordinarily long hiatus while they get the last season right, especially after the cirrhosis-inducing downer this season has been. I can't see next season being a lot more of, a, of an Yeah, upgrade. I don't think the next season is going to be all kisses and rainbows, pal. <laughs> Um, I feel like Don curled up in the fetal position like a pathetic child or crying like a distressed infant with the uh, the hideous Tegasus. How do you like that for that couple? Power couple. Oh, my God. Brilliant. Huh? All right. Brilliant, sir. More ma'am. I didn't hear the name. I don't know what to do until season seven or if there will ever be a show that will capture my imagination like this again. I know it's not a predictions episode, but maybe you can hazard a few guesses for the final next week because I'm completely at a loss. And honestly, I, I don't think it's really valuable to throw out our predictions since it, the uh, final starts right. in 20 minutes. 20 minutes, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll try to be better this week, folks. I yeah, think we can record absolutely. on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, our friend um, Aisha writes in from Portland. Uh, one more episode till a much-needed hiatus. So feeling the I'm other way. I'm exhausted, too. Thank That's you. Right. I think I have felt very averse to Mad Men this season uh, because of two reasons. Lack of character growth. Like we were saying with Ginsburg, I kind of completely agree there. Very disappointing. And utter despair, a lot of downers. It just sure. seems like nothing in this world we we have been watching for the last few years is going to go anywhere. But uh, in the eventual abyss of doom uh, episode points, even though Sally has the, quote, bad seed in her, nice little Rosemary reference. Well done. She at least seems to know how to take care of herself and say no. She is street smart. I think she'll eventually become a sociopath. But I can feel good about fully blaming her parents for that. So there you go. Um, (laughs) I feel zero sympathy for Peggy and Ted's situation. Peggy is pursuing a married man and her boss, nonetheless. Uh, This, once again, shows how these characters may have wonderful work intelligence, but they are infants when it comes to dealing with real-life relationships. Mm. Or just people, folks. Let's be (laughs) honest. I mean, people are terrible at everything. I mean, look, I bought an air conditioner. It's too big And also says, so glad... <laughs> it also says, so glad Cosgrove made it out alive. I'm kind of shocked that these characters aren't very litigious. I would have sued Chevy for every dime they had. That's an interesting point. You really want to do that? Sue Chevy? Yeah, and lose that client? As the individual? You're going to lose the client. Well, that's an no, interesting... No, just, just try. Just try to do that. I mean, I guess you'd quit your job and try to sue. I, was that as popular as it is now, though? No, I'm sure not. People didn't do that. Hey, John, honest mistake. We shot you in the face. <laughs> hey, that guy, that Dick, Dick Cheney didn't get sued. Did he not? The most famous face shooter, <laughs> as it were. Darth Vader himself. <laughs> wow. 
Uh, all right. Well, Mike writes in as a graphic artist. The only memorable thing in this episode for me was the new uh, SC and P logo seen in yeah, the I office like lobby. It. I do not. Correct like me it. if uh, if I'm wrong. Bobby B's coffee mug also had it. Uh, it did. It did. It looked like something out of Laughing. What? And Mike's question was: Does anyone else? Uh, does this remind anybody else of the Price Is Right? Cheesy yeah, fonts. Come on down. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, though, because I, I forgot to bring that up, because it is terrible. And uh, we got Carol from Connecticut writes in. I wanted to respond to your question on the recap last week on what uh, the, on the Tuesday reference met between Stan and Peggy when they were talking. Uh, when one of them mentions Tuesday, that means there's someone else in the room and they can't talk. A little code word. So it wasn't okay. really Tuesday morning. They just used that word oh, that somebody else oh, is there. Oh, 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 oh. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank um, you. You might notice that I spelled Shaw's name right this time in my email. My feelings have changed a bit towards him. He may not be slippery, but I'm still not sure I want him and Peggy together. Regarding the Pete Peggy reunion, I'm with Paul not happening. Uh-huh. Thank so you. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there are a lot of Peggy and Stan fans out there. Uh, Pegastan. But I can <laughs> still can't, I still can't get past how Stan treated her in the beginning. He is still too much of a chauvinist to me. Actually, oh, whatever. It's funny. Come on. This is, I would like to see Peggy with the priest from season two. They seem to have some chemistry. Yeah, no, no, no. no. (laughs) But that would be too... Colin Hanks has no chemistry with anyone. (laughs) Too soap opera for Matt Weiner. Uh, I think uh, this last episode showed that Peggy is realizing she may not need a man in her life. She can rely on the men in her life. Uh, She can't rely on the men in her life now. She's becoming a real feminist. Uh, One other point. When Paul keeps saying Bobby B... Paul, yeah. uh, it reminds me of Bobby Barrett. Did he call her Bobby B too? It sounds like something I would have done, John. Uh, I I agree, but I I can't recall it. Do you didn't you didn't check the backlogs? Yeah, no, I did. It was amazing. They wouldn't play. Uh, <laughs> got, uh, Ashley in Milwaukee says hi, guys and gal. Love the show. Just a thought. Matt Weiner has repeatedly stated that the show is about the rise and fall of one man. We've always assumed Don, but what if the story is actually about Pete? Bum bum bum. What do you think? Does anybody care about Pete? Nah, no one cares. <laughs> uh, Laura writes in and says, you commented about Stan's poster on his bedroom wall. Uh, the guy with the eye patch. Got a patch, few of these. Got a yeah. couple of these. And apparently a guy named Moshe Diane. Yeah, he's my buddy. The defense minister of Israel around that time. Popular and charismatic political figure known for his trademark eye patch. Okay. Uh, Taylor writes in below is a uh, link, and I can put this up on the Facebook uh, to a, a different cast of Tom and Lorenzo. They make a strong argument as to why Bob behaves as he does. Now, this was before the reveal. So I, I read through this, and the, some of their arguments were shut down because he is, in fact, a fraud. Okay. Um, but it's still an interest, interesting read. Uh, Steve from Newark, Delaware, writes in and says, Am I the only one who yelled, Oh, my God, they killed Kenny? At the uh, Apparently <laughs> not. <laughs> no, Steve, but thanks for the uh, the, the note. Um Denise writes in from Defiance, again telling us about I think the that's poster. Defiance. De, de, <laughs> about the uh, the poster and Amos Diane. Um, and uh, says Kate is very important when she is on the broadcast because she looks at the moments as a woman. For example, when uh, she, for example, she was back point on about Stan and his uh, Tuesday comment with Peggy on the phone it, for you know trying to convince the girl in the bed that uh, it was a client. Uh, and also that not all hippies were dirty. We uh, we were getting on Mitchell last time, and it says Mitchell had a uh, very cute outfits on for the time. Um, let me let me just jump in here. All hippies are dirty. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, no. 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 All right. All right. So that that argument's gonna have to be tabled. Thank uh, you. And uh, Jen from Illinois writes in. Glad to have found you again. Wondered what happened with the iTunes thing. Uh, when Don and Dr. Rosen are in the bar, Arnold says he was in Pusan at the hospital. Wondered if this was the same hospital Dick Whitman was when he became Don Draper. Bum, bum, bum. In reference to your recap of the previous episode, Paul discusses the difficulties of working with other time zones. Mine office is in the Midwest. We have interactions with all the U.S. time zones plus various overseas locations. It can be tricky when setting up telecons be- between everyone. Seems like there's always an office that does not understand anything outside of their own time zone. This is true. And that office is usually me. That office is usually you? Yeah. Isn't it, shouldn't it, why isn't everybody on New York time? <laughs> not Eastern Standard Time, John. 
New York time. New York time. Uh, Linda writes in, I found your podcast recently and love it. I Good. work in consulting and have spent the last month working in the Time Life building and also stayed Ooh. down the street at the Hilton, New York. It's been a cool chance for me to have a mini Madman experience. Kept my eyes open for Don Draper, but no luck. Uh, did, did you notice Bobby B's coffee cup? Is that the new company logo? Yes, uh, uh, kind of hit that up. Keep up the great works. I giggle every time you mention Rapey Pete and the place where sadness goes to die. Rapey Pete and the dungeon. Uh, thanks, Linda. And I'm trying to find it. Somebody wrote in um, earlier about... Um, about uh, uh, now, now I'm looking for it, so... Well, you know what? We'll catch you next time, John. Oh, that's right. We got to go. The show. Folks, uh, let me just real quick. Uh, if you want to email us, it's staff at madmenrecap.com. Facebook is madmenrecap on Facebook. Twitter is the tweets at. Ma- oh, this doesn't matter. This is all the last episode. Yeah, don't worry about it. You missed it. Go to the website, leave a thing on iTunes. We'll talk to you later, John. All right, bye. Bye.